Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. The more we, we learn about what happened to us at salvation, the, the, the more we're enabled and empowered to step out like that and to step out in having a, a word of encouragement on our hearts for somebody and uh, really just to live the life that, that God's got for us. Amen? Like, so, so, so we needing, we, we, you know, it's not just about getting saved, fire insurance, keep going in the direction that you want to go. It's it, it, like we need to learn about uh, uh, what is this great salvation that we have what does it mean for us so we can enjoy it and live in it? Okay, so um, I, I want to kind of jump through a couple of verses that we, we looked at last week, but for the simple reason that it came up in conversation with some people here, and uh, I realized that um, I must maybe just explain it again because uh, it needs to be explained again. And uh, because we, 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 we're so conditioned to see things in a certain way that often we miss what the, the Bible's actually saying to us. And these are some verses which... That's been like that for me. Okay, so Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Do we have? Wonderful, well done. Romans 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So, you know, what does that mean? Okay, what doesn't that mean? <laughs> what it means is we need, to, we need to kind of see it not in that we don't attain to a certain standard. We tried hard and we just didn't make it, okay? We, we need to see it that we fall short, like accounting, an accounting term where we lacked something. We lacked something. What did we lack? The glory of God, the Spirit of God. So we lacked something and that, because of sin, and as a result, that, that's the problem that there is in the world. Because now this sin is independence from God. This sin is being separated in a sense of living your own life and going in your own direction and all the effects of that. But it's like now God's salvation plan is bringing that glory back into our lives. Okay? That's God's salvation plan and it's prophesied of in Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27, where he says, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart will I also give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and will give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. So this is what's going to happen with salvation. That's what's being prophesied here is that we're going to have a new heart, new spirit, we're going to be clean, and uh, uh, this spirit now within us will cause us to walk in the statutes of God, will cause us to live for Him, to do the right thing. Where religion is, you need to do the right thing. Christianity is now you've got an empowering, someone living inside of you, the spirit of God, to cause you to go in the right direction. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. So this is... Uh, um, a salvation is the fulfillment, really, of this one of the, this is one of the verses it's a fulfillment of. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So this is Jesus now speaking at a feast and showing that at this feast, that uh, uh, the fulfillment of this feast. And he's pointing to salvation. He's pointing to the Spirit of God, which would be in the believer and flowing from the believer. Living waters which refresh us, living waters which refresh those we come into contact with. And those rivers of living waters out of us, you know what we call that? It's gifts. It's abilities of the Holy Spirit reaching out to people through us. Okay, so the point is, is now with salvation, we are no longer short of the glory of God. We are no longer short of the glory of God. Okay, Colossians 2 verse 10 from the Passion, and our own completeness is now found in Him. Other translations say we are complete in Christ. We're going to focus on that in a sec. But now it says we are completely filled with Christ as Christ's, with God, as Christ's fullness overflows within us. That, that second part there, as Christ's fullness overflows within us, is talking about the ministry that should come from us as believers as we realize our completeness in Him. So it's like the more we realize how complete we are and how full we are of God, the more people around us are going to experience Him. The more we're going to, like people are going to experience the fruit of the Spirit of God that's within us, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So the more I'm a, a, a in tune and convinced of my completeness in Christ and who He is in me, and that I'm full of Him, and I'm focused in on that and not my feelings of inadequacy, the more I start to overflow in this and people around me start to experience what I now am. And what I am now is that I'm born of God, which means I'm born of love, because God is love. And if I'm born of love, now people should start to experience love when they experience me. So the question I have for us is, do we see ourselves at a surplus? Do we see ourselves at an, abund and, at an abundance of, of, of God in us? Or do we see ourselves at a deficit? Do we see ourselves as lacking something? <clears throat> and a lot of Christian, um, Christianity is, is, is focused on a deficit. We're trying to get closer to God. We're trying to earn something from God. We're trying to get closer to God. We're trying to, to, to accomplish something so we can have more favor from God. I don't know about you, but I've listened to all those sermons. I've gone through all those things of trying to find favor with God and uh, 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 trying to, um, uh, I don't know, purity, purpose, power, and uh, you know, trying to fast for you know, God to, to kind of visit us. And you know, all of these kind of things, when I realize like, he's closer than he'll ever get, whether I convince him to come or not, it's like irrelevant, because he's here. We just don't perceive it. We need to perceive the reality of our salvation. So there's a reality with regards to our salvation that we're missing out on because we're looking in the wrong directions. So, you know, uh, one of the biggest problems in, 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 in our lives is that we're deficient of truth. Now, the enemy is a factor, but the biggest enemy is ignorance or deception. And that's countered through the word. Soon as we get into the Word, light shines in darkness, and all of a sudden, hey, you know, this, this lie doesn't have a hold on me anymore. Okay? 
So we, we want to shine the light of God's Word in our minds and in our hearts so that lies can't keep us in bondage. Because Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So the, the, the truth that we don't know and the lies that we believe is what's causing our problems, holding us in bondage. Remember, the, the devil is the father of lies. That's what he does in our lives, is he tries to sell us a lie. He's trying to get you to, to believe the wrong thing. And if you believe the wrong thing, then you're, 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 you're in bondage. One of the things I felt like while we were, we were praying earlier was that there, there's maybe more than one person here this evening where you feel like you're just, like there's just a, a heavy wet blanket like kind of on you, just holding you down. And that there's just this, this weight of, of um, a burden on you that's really preventing you from, from just, just enjoying God like you should, enjoying life like you should. And I really believe God wants to just lift that off of you tonight. And so you can even experience freedom from that while the message is going on. But if you don't feel it lift while, while the message is going on, then afterwards come up so we can pray for you. Because... I really believe that something significant, God wants to do something significant in your lives. So we need to look at what is salvation. We need to focus on what is salvation so we can enjoy salvation. You know, if, um, if you, I'm going to think of a good example. I remember when I was a student, um, there was an unadvertised sale. Um, I was a student here in Cape Tech and I had friends in, in, in Stellenbosch and they told me about a, 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 an ad, um, a sale that wasn't advertised. It was for Levi jeans, and I think they were maybe 200 Rand each or something like that. So obviously I went to Stellenbosch, and I got a pair of jeans, because that's a good deal, you know. And uh, uh, it was good news that they didn't keep to themselves. And um, so I went. But the thing is, is like most people in the room didn't know about that. <laughs> so you couldn't enjoy that. You know, and yet it was open for anybody who knew about it. The same thing with salvation. Okay, I, I love the story of, um, uh, uh, and I don't know if it's true, so let's pretend it is, of a guy that went on a, a ship and, you know, he, he saved up all that he could because he couldn't afford the, the ticket really, but he saved up and he went on the ship and he just, he, he, he took some crackers and some cheese with him so that he could eat along the journey, this long voyage, and he just... He looked at everyone going to feast at the, 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 the banquets and everything every night, and he was longing to, to eat with them. And he just couldn't. He just couldn't because he didn't have enough money. And on the last night, someone comes up to him and says, you know, the captain has requested that you would eat with him this, at his table this evening. So he went. He dressed up nice. He went. And the captain said, you know, sir, why haven't we seen you at any of the dinners? And he's like, um, uh, because, I, you know, didn't have enough money for, for, for that. I had saved everything I had for the, the ticket. And the, the captain was like, but it was included in the price. And that's how so many of us are living. We've got heaven's riches inside of us, and we live like beggars. And we've got to change that. So 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. So we are united with the, the Lord. We're one with him. There's, there's no division between us and God. Uh, he's closer than we think. Romans 8 verse 9 from the New Living says, Remember that those who do not have the, the, the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. So this is saying if you're a Christian, Jesus lives in you. If you're a Christian, and I have to say that because some Christians don't believe that Jesus is living in them, they think that he's somewhere out there. 
You know, so we've got to focus in on this reality of I'm one with Him. Colossians 2.10, again, you are complete through your union with Christ. You are complete through your union with Christ. So because you've become one with Him, to the exclusion of any other, because you've become one with Him now, you are complete. I was so tempted when I was preparing here to dig into Colossians chapter 2 and look at how complete we are. Because I can guarantee you, like... For all of us, we probably know we're complete, we'll confess we're complete, we believe we're complete, but if I start to talk about how you can, uh, uh, there's some, some things in our default settings that needs to be reset, because it's like, okay, now I, I, how do I get closer to God? I need to do this and I need to do that, and I feel incomplete, so I need to do this and I need to do that, and you know what, if I wanted to operate in the gift of the Spirit, I would need to do this and I would need to do that, and, and what I'm telling you is you're full of Jesus, you're complete. And that's what you need to see. And if you can see that, it'll be easier for you to, to live like Jesus. So how do you live like Jesus? You've got to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. And, you know, I'm probably one of the most holy people in this room because I fast every night. Amen, Ben? <laughs> you know, so uh, he, he fasts too every night. The point is, is we're complete in him. What does complete mean? It means complete. Colossians 2 verse 10 from the Passion. And our own completeness is now found in Him. See, His complete, your completeness is found in Him, not in you. It's not about you being inadequate because you don't know something or you, you don't have a skill or you, whatever. It's about Him being in you completely, so that makes you complete. Because you believed right, now you're complete. Okay? <clears throat> you're completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. So here's the point, and this is, here's the point. Through our union with Him, because we're a believer now, because we're in Christ, we are one with Him, we are filled with His Spirit, filled with His ability. So therefore, we need to learn more about this fullness that we have so that we can start to mature in the understanding. Spiritual maturity is about understanding. The more you, it's not about knowledge, just, it's about not just being able to parrot stuff, but it's about understanding, which leads to action, which leads to a changed life. If your understanding doesn't lead to action, you become spiritually constipated. You become a spiritual fat cat. You, 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 James says it nicely, you're deceiving yourself. Okay, so, so we want to see a, a spiritual understanding lead to Changed life, action, fruitfulness. So that, that, that's the foundation of what we're talking about when we're talking about the abilities of the Spirit within us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, <coughs> verse uh, 7 to 11. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So I've said this before and I'll say it again, um, uh, the carrot for the future. We have to kind of dig into this and I, 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 I felt... I didn't want to go there tonight. I wanted to dig into some other things. But we have to kind of dig into this and understand what is 
Paul actually saying here? Because he's not saying, he's not promoting disunity. He's promoting unity. The reason for the book of Corinthians is he's writing to address racial division, uh, 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 all sorts of other divisions in the church. And so now he wouldn't be writing and say, you've got a special gift of this and you've got a special gift of that. Sorry, you didn't get anything, but you got some. Like he's not, he's not, um, he's not promoting division. He's promoting unity. And in this context, the body is talking about the spirit that lives in you. The spirit with many members, the, the spirit with many abilities. Okay, so we're going to get there. But there's nine manifestations of the spirit. And they're divided up into three of three. That's how most people, when they study the word, uh, uh, divide this up. There's the three revelation gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. Then there's the three power gifts, faith, gifts of healing, uh, working of miracles, the three vocal gifts, prophecy, uh, diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. And we're going to look at, I don't know if we're going to go into each gift. We'll mention them because I realize like you don't have to know and understand each gift to operate in it. So I've kind of like, every time I try and go there, I kind of pull back because I don't think we need to go there. But what we need to know is we're full of Jesus. means we've got this. These are our abilities. Okay, but here's the thing. If you're filled with the Spirit, you can operate in any of these gifts at, when you need to. God didn't set it up so that it's like, wow, I need some faith now. Let me go to Etienne because he's Mr. Faith, man. And then he'll help me with my faith because I don't have strong faith, but he has faith. Or now I need a miracle because there's this bad situation and it's challenging. So I'm going to go to Amber and Amber's going to help me because she's got a gift of miracles. It's like, you know what you're saying is that you've only got a bit of Jesus. You're not complete in Christ. If you're complete in Christ, then you're complete in him, which means that I'm going to look at it in a moment. So I'm going to pause there because I've got a verse for that. Okay, so let's put a pin in it. Okay, so you will primarily flow in a specific blend of these gifts, depending on your focus and depending on your, your, what you kind of like uh, 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 step into more and all of that. But we need to realize that expressing or flowing in these gifts is more of a matter of spiritual growth than it is being specially anointed or chosen or blessed. Because... What that mentality does is it makes me sit passively and go, I'm waiting for God to, to kind of move me to, to do something. Whereas he's like watching you going, I've put myself in you, now do something. And when something's not happening, it's not God, it's us. And that doesn't bring condemnation, it brings liberation. Because it's a case of, it's more condemning if you realize like that, that you're enabled to go for it and you're just waiting for, for something to happen that's never going to happen. Or you wait for someone to come along who, who knows that and is stepping out and then you have to ride on, on what their face, which is fine. That's how most of the body of Christ survives, amen? <laughs> is riding on other people's faith. And that's wonderful. But my desire, and I know, is more that we would all be stepping into this and all be operating in this. And I love it when, you know, I'm not the one who's just calling out prophecies here and there, you know, from the pulpit. But I hear people encouraging straight after the service. I see people going up and giving words of encouragement. That's what should be. It shouldn't be everybody coming to just receive a word from the pulpit. You know, and, and sometimes, like even last week, I had a couple of words that I really wanted to give, and, and I just didn't feel like I should give them from the pulpit for whatever reason. So afterwards, I, 
if I couldn't get to you, I, I messaged you. And, and I know it blessed the people that I got hold of. And the only thing which is not so nice about that is that you didn't get to see that. Not to glorify me or anything, but to encourage you in what's going on. We had a gentleman come once and he said, you know, the problem with Christianity, he had been a Christian just for a few years, he said, the problem with Christianity is we don't advertise the sizzle. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, this, we, we talk about healing and we talk about freedom, deliverance, and we talk about this and that, but we don't really market that. And I was like, this is your first time, sir. <laughs> I was like, we give opportunities every week for people to advertise the sizzle and to testify about that. And I, if you hung around a little bit longer, you'd hear about some sizzle, you know. But the, the, the point is, is that, that there's a lot more sizzle happening between the Sundays then there might be happening on a Sunday because for me and for us, this is equipping time so that you can go and get sizzle out there and give sizzle out there. Amen? But the gifts or the abilities of the Spirit is really about Christ living in you and flowing through you for His purposes. The gifts of the Spirit or the abilities in the Spirit are more about Christ in you, through you, for His purposes. Like a, 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 a Reynard Bonke said, the, the gifts of the Spirit are not badges of honor to be worn on a Sunday. They are tools to get the job done. So they are tools for us to live. They have the ability of God Almighty in us to be able to live a life of victory, to be able to be the blessing that we can be to, be to the world. So Isaiah 53 verse 10. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. The pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. This is a, a prophecy of Jesus. And there's many great things in this chapter, but I love this one thing. He shall prolong his days. You know how Jesus' days are prolonged today? Through you. Through, the, through his ability in you and through you. He can't do it any other way on this earth. Okay? Galatians 2.20, and this is the key, I really believe, to living in the supernatural. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So I've got to see that I'm dead, but Christ lives in me, and I've got to continuously yield to that power, that, that, the, uh, the, the love, Christ, in me. And allow him to flow through me then. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 12. So it is with yourselves. Since you are so eager and ambitious to possess spiritual endowments and manifestations of the Holy Spirit, concentrate on striving to excel and to abound in them in ways that will build up the church. The point that I'm putting this verse in here is that we're not going to get what we don't contend for. We're not going to get what we don't contend for, what we're not focused on, what we're not pursuing. The Corinthian church was operating in the power, but the, the power, they, they were messed up, okay, in many regards. But they also weren't uh, focused in on building up the church. That's why Paul's instructing this. The purpose of us uh, uh, pursuing the gifts and wanting to operate in the gifts isn't so that people will think I'm awesome. But it's so that we would be building each other up and bringing unity amongst each other. Okay? There's a, an example rattling around. It's going to come up now. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this verse shows us 
It's revealing that it takes an intentional effort. It takes a, a resolved focus and a tenacity to go for it. We can't just be sitting on the sidelines waiting for something to happen. Okay? We must be striving to excel and to abound. So the question is, is what are you focused on? There's many things. I know life is full. We have things we need to focus on. Work, family, this, that, the next thing. Some good things. And then we've got some things we focus on, which it's kind of just time wasters, things that, that, that's not really necessary for us to focus on. But, but we've got a lot of things that consume us. And that's why we need... To, I remember a statement years back from someone. They, uh, 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 they said, the hungry get fed. And in the context of wanting to experience more of what God's got for us, that's what they're talking about. The hungry get fed. The hungry will get satisfied because then they're, they're pursuing something. They're going for it. You, know, you can't experience more if you're like, well, I hope that we're going to experience something more. Or I really trust, thank you, Father, that this is going to happen. In the name of Jesus, amen. And then we kind of go on with it. I realized I was meditating on these things this past week, and I realized like one of the things with regard to healing, that I, traps that I'd fallen into was for a long time thinking that it's just, it, it, it's just uh, uh, speaking words. And that's part of it. But your words are actually releasing power. And it's not an effort, but sometimes we're just speaking empty words that sound like it's an authority. But the root isn't in something. And there's a whole bunch of things we can say there, but we'll get there maybe another time. But your life is following your focus. Your spiritual life is following your focus. What are you desiring? What are you seeking? We need to earnestly covet, neglect not, and we need to stir up the Spirit within us. So here's the point. You are full of a Spirit, which means you're qualified to live in the supernatural. You're full of His Spirit as a believer, which means that you're qualified to live in the supernatural. Number two, He wants to flow through you. So that means he's chosen you to live in the supernatural. And then number three, we need to ask ourselves, do we really desire for him to flow through us like he wants to? Because it's not up to him. It's up to us in responding to him. We don't generate the power, but we've got to yield to the power. We've got to surrender to that. So often, one of the biggest problems with all of this is that we, we kind of leave it to... Um, it's for a select few. Praise God that there are some people that pursue this and, uh, and that if we don't, you know, if we're not, if you're not pursuing it, someone else is and you can live off of their faith a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like, thank God for that. But sometimes you end up in a place where there's no one and there's no one that you can phone. My phone's off when I sleep or it's on silent. You know what I do is I, I know pastors that leave their phone on all the time and that's why they are the way they are. <laughs> my phone goes off and I'm like, Lord, if someone has a crisis that I need to help in, you're going to wake me up. And I have woken up and I have looked and I was like, wow, this is a crisis. Let me deal with this. There was one time in the last year where that happened. And, uh, and I was like, I'm so glad that I have this. But then often I have other things popping up on my phone and whatever. And I'm like, I'm so glad that it was on silent. <laughs> So the point is, is that, 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 that you know, we're not always available as leaders, and your friend might not always be available, but God's always with you. Always. Which means you've always got the solution with you. But 
you know, we, we need to stop this. You know, I need to go to a special anointed man or woman of God for my answer. You know, we need to, we, yes, there, there's someone standing at the pulpit in any church. And their job isn't showmanship. <laughs> their job is empowering you. My job isn't to draw attention to myself. My job is to, I, I honestly hate attention. <laughs> I really do. You might not believe that about me, but at a party, I'm usually hiding. I don't like that, <laughs> to be honest. I don't like people looking at me and being the center of attention and all that. I don't like it at all. I like just one or two people around, and that's, nice. that's my, my comfort zone. But when it gets into more people and stuff, I'd rather not be the one who stands up and goes for it, but that's what I do. So I do it. That's what God's called me to. And my job is to equip, not to bring attention to myself or get people to rely on me. Get people to, I'm not building people into me. If you listen to the messages, I'm building you into Jesus so that you don't need me. I'm working myself out of a job. Praise God. <laughs> that's my aim, wherever I go. Okay? And the only difference between me and you, think about it for a moment. Don't answer it out loud. What is the difference between me and you? It would be maturity and uh, if not maturity, it would be position in a sense of what we've stepped into. Because all of us should grow to the place to be able to teach. All of us should grow to the place where we can minister to people and, 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 and help them with where they're at. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 to 18. <clears throat> Jesus giving the, the Great Commission in this uh, 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 case, and he says, these miracle signs will accompany those who are pastors and priests and bishops and apostles. It says, those, these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. They will lay hands on the sick and heal them. So this is talking about our inherited ability when we receive Christ. As believers, not as people who've gone through Bible school. As believers, okay? This is what believers do, not priests and pastors and men of God and whatever. It's all of us, okay? And I love it when someone's got a testimony that they've done something like this because it, and they're not a pastor. I mean, before I was a leader and a pastor, I was doing this stuff. <laughs> so it, 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 it's not just because you've got a special title and now you can do it. It's because you're a believer in Christ, okay? We often think that you have to be especially anointed for this, and, and that's, a, that's a problem, thinking that, because in the whole of the New Testament, it never speaks about a Christian being anointed for some special ability. I'm going against a lot of popular teaching by saying that. But in the New Testament, there's nothing about a special anointing to heal the sick or a special anointing to cast out demons or, I don't know, be good looking, whatever it is. Nowhere in the New Testament it speaks about that. In fact, it's an Old Testament concept. And in the New Testament, look at this, 1 John 2 verse 27. The anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you don't need that anyone teach you, 
But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as is taught you, you will abide in him. So it's the, the focus on the main point there, the anointing which you've received abides in you. Receive from him. From the New Living Translation, I like how it puts it, you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So it, it, it even translates it not as anointing, but as Holy Spirit. Because anointed one is the Messiah, the promised one who came to redeem us. Okay? He was anointed. Uh, 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 I, I was wanting to get into it and I, I realized we won't have time. But in, 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 in Acts chapter 10, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power and went about doing good, all that. We'll get into that maybe next week. But if you look at that, because now I'm talking a bit about the power gifts. Okay? Miracles, faith, and, and healing. But, but when... Um, uh, 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 when it says that, it's talking about Jesus in the Gospels. Jesus had the Holy Spirit, the anointing, and he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed and whatever. Now, you don't need to, as a believer, wait for, some, for, the, for the anointing to, to fall on you to be able to do those things because now he lives in you. Okay? We, we, it's different for us. You have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You are, if, if, if you're struggling with that thought, let me bring it back to this. You're complete in Christ. So what extra do you need for the sizzle in your life? What extra uh, 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 bonus package do you need to purchase to, to be able to live like Jesus? Because throughout the Bible, it doesn't talk about a special, special something, something for you to be able to live like Jesus. Look at this next verse, John 14, verse 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. That should settle this if it's, a, if it's a challenge in your heart and in your mind. We can live like Jesus, a life of love and a life of power because we believe. Not because we're priests, rabbis, whatever. Not because we're, we're special anointed men or women of God, but because we believe. Okay? We need to see ourselves as qualified. We need to see ourselves as called as chosen by God if we, we want to, to live like Jesus. And, and then we need to eagerly pursue it. We need to go for it. Because it's not just going to fall on us. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, 9 and 10. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Verse 9. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles. These are talking about the power gifts, which have a lot to do with healing, setting people free, casting out demons, uh, things like that. I've seen many people healed. I've had many situations where I've seen demons flee from people. One, I was thinking of not sharing things like that, but one testimony which comes up, which I think will, will bless you, was we were in um, um, Mozambique doing an outreach, and my brother was with me, and uh, that was his first mission trip. And we were standing next to each other after showing the Jesus form. And uh, it was a bunch of us. And uh, um, this was, there was great fruitfulness, but this was probably the worst trip I've ever been on <laughs> for a number of reasons. And we were in the dark. You can't see anything. There's just no light. You can see that there's people. Uh, but now we're, we're, we're standing there ministering. And um, I was like, guys, we have one translator. There's like 10 of us. And there's I don't know how many hundreds of people here. You do the math. You're not going to be able to pray through a translator. And anyway, people don't need to hear your prayer. They need to get the result of your prayer. 
So you're praying in tongues, you're praying in the Spirit, you're getting a word from God, and you're declaring over them what you need to declare, and you're moving on. That's all we can do. We, we can't do anything more than that. And we saw people being healed, and we saw different things happen. My brother started praying for someone, and she started manifesting demonically, uh, 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 barking and doing all sorts of things uh, at him. And he screamed and looked at me and said, Shane, and I looked, and I just like, in the name of Jesus, get out. And she was completely perfect peace. And he was like, wow, thank you. I was like, next time just do that. And I carried on. And I just carried on. And I mean, that has happened not just in Mozambique, but it's happened in Stellenbosch a couple times. You know, so I've seen a lot of that. I've, I've, I've done a lot of that. Why? Not because I'm a pastor or I'm special. It's because Christ lives in me and I knew I could do that. So I stepped into it. The one time... Now I've gone completely off with this, but it's always entertaining and it's encouraging that, that we can do this. I wasn't a pastor, I wasn't a leader, and I was in this church. And um, I would always sit right at the back to just confirm that I don't like the center stage. And I would be doing worship, praying for, uh, in the spirit. And if I had a word for someone, I'd usually write it on a piece of paper and you know, just go and give it to them during worship or like I was um, stealth mode. <laughs> what? Secret agent. I was uh, not confident for this yet. And, uh, and honestly, like, um, I mean, I'd even go up to the pastor, very trying to do it, and if I had a word, and give it to him. And he would read it out of the pulpit. And it was really funny because one day, even a friend of mine was like, wow, the pastor's really like hitting it. Like, so many like, words of knowledge and stuff that are coming through, and they're so accurate, like, for people. And I was like, wow, it's amazing, isn't it? And one day the pastor caught me and was like, you give the word. <laughs> and then I didn't have a choice. But in this situation, someone came in, they had a, an altar call and people were receiving a, 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 a prayer up front. And there was this one guy that maybe he walked in, um, he was new. He didn't look so well-dressed and things like that. I, I'm not too sure what his story was, but nobody was praying for him. And I'm sitting at the back going, these guys are just ridiculous. They all flocked to their friends to pray for them, but this person who's evidently knew no one's praying for him and they had already started praying I was like let me go pray for him so I went and I prayed and as I put my hand on him and I said in the name of Jesus he started like <laughs> doing all sorts of things that you can't normally do and uh, uh, it, what was amazing was instantly I had a crowd like there was like everybody had left their friends that they were praying for and wanted to come and pray for this guy <laughs> but it was dealt with quicker than they could uh, uh, jump on him you know, the point is, is that things like this are real and they happen. And we, all it is, is that there's many things we can say about it, but it's just an oppression on people that we, we, we just deal with to see them walking in freedom. So now I went on a, a direction that I really didn't plan to go on, but I think it's good. You know, the, the, when you look at the gift of faith here, I was thinking about this, and I've heard many people explain the difference between just the faith that we operate by and then a supernatural gift of faith. And I was even talking to Lucas about it this week, how, um, you know, I, I really believe we've all got the ability to operate in supernatural faith, because we've all got the fullness of Jesus living in us. And as I was talking to him about it, I realized I've actually operated in this gift often. You know, I, I would define it as um, including but not limited to being able to believe God and see the results for things in adverse circumstances against all odds. That's how I would define it. And I was like, it's amazing, as a little church, how much we've done with little money. And I've 
gone to minister in, like I, I didn't want to ever leave home. I was happy just at home. And I've ministered all over the show. You know, Zambia, Z Z Zimbabwe, Mozambique. I'm on TV in, in, in Kenya and all over Africa now. I've ministered in Italy. I've ministered in uh, uh, Albania, um, Germany, um, Canada, America, England, and I don't know where else. And, and then it's like just, we've had, like, how would that be possible if it wasn't believing God against what was naturally possible? And it's not because I'm special. It's because I've just chosen to, like, uh, like if, I'm, if I'm needing to believe God for something, it's kind of, of course it's going to work. There's just a confident expectation in me. Of course it's going to work. I remember sitting in meetings and there, uh, some leaders would be like, years back, be like, oh, I don't know about this and I don't know about this. And I'd be like, okay, now I don't want anyone to talk about this again. I'm going to pray and it's done. And then we don't talk about it. And then the next week, everything would work out the way I'd prayed. <laughs> not because I'm special, but because I was like, I don't want to talk about this. We're not going to reason it out. Faith doesn't believe according to reason. It believes according to the, re the, 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 the nature of God, the impossible. And this is what, what God desires for us, is that we would all express the life of Christ through us. Jesus did some pretty radical things, which went against the norm. Even hanging out with the riffraff was pretty much against the norm. Then healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, casting out demons was pretty like unnatural, supernatural really. We can do the same. But superstition around the gifts of the Spirit has caused us to be confused because now we think they're unattainable. But you can do it. You know, we think that they're only for some super dupers, and that's why the majority of believers are seat warmers. I realized long ago, because I've had counsel, I won't call it wise counsel, but I've had counsel from people as to the things I should and shouldn't say from the pulpit. And uh, if I really wanted to, to, to grow numerically, then I wouldn't talk like this because it makes people uncomfortable. <laughs> and I wouldn't talk about with a church this size wanting to plant another one because that's not how other big churches do it. And I'm just like, I'm just doing what I feel God's leading us to do. Why can't we just go for it? We're not about wanting to be big. I'm wanting to, about to, wanting to equip people. And even for that guy who tried to give me some counsel, he didn't stay long because he was uncomfortable. That's my calling, to make you uncomfortable. I was in, uh, uh, the last time I was in Stellenbosch, someone said to me, uh, uh, sure, I'm ready for it. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> they were like, I'm ready. Like, you, every time you're here, you make me uncomfortable. I'm like, I didn't realize I'd do that. Like, <laughs> I had to think about it for a couple of days. Do I really do that? Is that how I am? And, and they were like, they were pretty like convinced that I stirred them up and challenged them. It's just because they're self-centered. Anyway, point is, like last week, we spoke about hearing God's voice, and that's the foundation really for moving into operating in the supernatural and the spiritual. I've got one more example. I won't share all the details, but can I share it a bit from this morning? <laughs> awesome. On the spot. He has no choice, right? I'll share it carefully. But it's like, uh, like uh, and, and, and this is what I want us to try, trust for and press in for, not just tonight, but in the, 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 the week to come. Okay. Is, is, is what are you saying to me, Lord? Not God, what gift should I operate in now? Oh, the gift of miracles. Okay, no, you don't need to do that. You're like, if I come into contact with someone and they need a miracle, then you need to operate in the gift of miracles. 
whatever that miracle is. If, if I come into contact with someone and they, they need an encouragement, uh, 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 that would be a, a word of encouragement, then that's what I'm doing in that moment. The, the gift that you use is the gift that you need. Okay? But it all starts with really just relationship with God and God, what are you saying to me? And so I wasn't looking for a word for someone. Not at all. I was praying for the service. <laughs> and I was saying, Lord, like what's on your heart for, for, for Rhonda Bosch? And uh, what do you... Like, what are you wanting uh, us to focus on and, and, and all sorts of things like this? And I, and I, and I felt a couple of things which I'll probably more do one-on-one. Um, uh, 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 -on -one. But one of the things that just popped up is I saw a picture of um, Lucas and he was, he was digging a hole and he was bur had buried a box and, and this and that. And I was like, this is one of those weird things. Like, you're either really hitting something or you're not. And I've had situations like this or seen them where it's like, you know, people are like, no, that's not me. I'm like, okay. Um, and so I was like, you know what, it's safe. So I asked Lucas, I was like, I see this doesn't mean anything to you. And he's like, no. And I was like, okay, well, let me, Father, just if it, if it means anything, then reveal it to him. And he's like, I think it might mean this. And then I started praying into that and ministering to him, and it was really significant, right? It was a significant moment for him, which neither of us would have ever thought of uh, 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 if we weren't pursuing that and hearing from God. And so sometimes when you get a word for someone, you might not understand it, but you just need to step out and say it. Like, uh, you know, be bold, be strong, go for it, because you don't know what God's going to do through you. Amen? So great. Father, I thank you that right now we would all be challenged by your spirit just to go for it not only tonight, but in the, the week to come, that you would continuously just help us to remember that we've got supernatural ability because we're complete in you and you're completely in us. We lack nothing for the job, except maybe a bit of enthusiasm sometimes, except maybe a bit of determination. And so thank you that we would prioritize stirring you up so we can operate in supernatural wisdom, insight, love, and even power in situations to bring you glory, Father. <coughs> I just, I, I know naturally that there's people here who, who have big decisions to make in your life. Yeah, I know that. And, and, and I just feel like God's just impressing on my heart, like encouraging you that the answer's with Him. The answer's with him. You, 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 yes, seek wise counsel, but, but you just need to draw closer to the Lord and he'll reveal to you the decisions that you should make, the choices that you should take. Father, I pray for whoever's making decisions and is needing your wisdom, that they would just draw from their relationship with you and step out and go for it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that uh, even if we feel disqualified or unqualified, you've qualified us and you've called us for this. Thank you, Jesus. Just, just spend a bit of time and just allow the Lord to just speak to your heart right now for you. I'm not expecting you to come up with a word for, for us all, but... If you do have a word of encouragement or something like that, then 
you know, just get ready to, to share it with the person afterwards or if there's a chance now, but just allow the Lord to speak to you for a moment. Thank you, Father. Just while everyone's eyes are closed, if, if you're in that place of feeling like there's a, a wet blanket on you, <laughs> you feel like there's a heaviness on you, you know, I feel like it's, um, for some, it's, it's, it's that you're carrying a burden that you shouldn't be carrying. But for some, it's not something that you can explain. It's just like there's this heaviness and, and you're, you're tired of it. And if that's you, I just want you to sit where you are, stay seated, just, just put your hands in front of you as an act of receiving, because it's not about me uh, knowing who you are, but it's about God just receiving from, uh, you receiving from God, and God just ministering to you. And Father, I know that your heart is freedom. You came to set the captives free. And so right now, whoever's responding to this, anybody who's, who's heavy burdened, is feeling like there's a, this, this weight on them, I thank you right now for freedom. Straight away, I just feel like God just saying in my heart to you that that um, doesn't mean the circumstances will change, but you'll change. Doesn't mean that the, the, the pressure's gone, but you're not feeling pressured anymore. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I just declare freedom over you. Heaviness, I command you to lift off in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, that the joy of the Lord is their strength. And they can be strong and courageous. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gathering. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch by email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.